Only 44 people in world history can claim that they have been to the top of 14 mountain summits above 8,000 meters. But lead mountain summit record tracker Eobhad Yergalski claims that while they may have climbed all these mountains, many, most, or all of them have only reached what they believed to be the summit. Uh, Tricked by false summits, many turned back, not realizing that they didn't actually make it all the way to the top. Some could say that these 44 people have all peaked too early. Welcome to episode 5 of the Peaked Too Early podcast. I am Blake Munchell. I am joined by Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you? Wow. Um, that must have been the, the greatest introduction of our the whole podcast so far. Episode 5, obviously, of season 2 of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Um, I was very impressed by that. I am doing well. I apologize to the masses that I couldn't be here last week um blake did an amazing solo podcast it was hilarious um especially the i'll go for painful um imitation of me uh with a with a rich accent which ranged just from like russian to english to irish and back um but i'm back i'm good i i moved uh which is an arduous process but we're finally getting there we just went to ikea for what felt like the 50th time today um and yeah i'm good i'm I'm raring to go i'm very excited yes i was trying to get your accent down but you have a very like i have a very uh, neutral hard to place accent don't i, I think. to me i think it sounds quite posh like mm. i think it's pretty you know like highbrow british oh, accent interesting it's just um, rp receive pronunciation run of the mill nothing posh there you go yeah, I'm impressed by your accent. I think it's Thank quite you. nice. Mm, I, um, I also had a realization um, mm. about two weeks ago. Uh, and it's about our troubles with Craig and how we have problems with Craig and no one else does. Oh, really? And okay. yeah, I learned that people only use Craig to back up their audio mm. recordings. What they do is both people record on audacity craig is there just in case your audacity fails and then wow you know you just string together the two audacity files rather than you know begging and hoping that craig stays online for an hour wow he's done it okay then with that considered he's done a decent job for us then exactly and (laughs) i would say over the last month i don't think we've had a single issue with craig no, so, Craig's been good. Craig knock has on been wood. good. Knock on wood, I'll do it right now. I think that the uh, me being at College Park apartment, that, oh, that frightened me. Jenny just walked in the room. Um, me being at a College Park apartment with the terrible Wi-Fi definitely didn't help. But now, you know, we both have smooth Wi-Fi. We, we should be good. There you go. Mm. Uh, Oscar, yeah. how should we kick off the reunion between the two of us? I don't know. Let's take a look at oh, the fixtures. I, um, well, I guess I have, Newcastle go, went first, so why don't we do Newcastle leads? Uh, hold on. First, uh, you, I don't know if you listened to the whole podcast last week, but I made one prediction, so we have to go over that one prediction. Okay. Oh, yes, uh, yes, of course, of course. I predicted Leeds would smash Newcastle, yes. and while they did smash mm-hmm. Newcastle, they, that did not come across on the uh, scoreline, uh, so I got no points. Even with my advantage, no I did not dig into your lead. So, Nice. I'm glad to hear that, to be honest. 
Um, um, I can take Newcastle Leeds. There's not much it. to say. Tell me. Tell me about Newcastle Leeds. Uh, before the match, huge talks of protests and whatnot. In the end, maybe 30 people ended up protesting, um, throwing paper airplanes out onto the pitch that were immediately cleaned up, and I don't even think the TV showed. I don't even think you could see the paper airplanes on the TV. Uh, the match started out, you know, as you would expect, leads the second worst defense, uh, so Newcastle doesn't really try to attack them very much. Uh, the scoreline was started with Rafinha bending in a cross-turned shot from 40 yards out uh, that I believe it was Rodrigo jumps over, um, sort of freezing Freddie Woodman. So gutting. It's a terrible goal to concede. Um, I just, I like, I took off work. Well, actually, I didn't take off work. I went to work early so I could be off work early. And that Mm -hmm. happened 10 minutes in. And I was like, I should have just. Yeah. Taking the extra sleep. Uh, Not all bad, though. Newcastle would uh, equalize, you know, right before halftime. ASM, that man, what would we do without him? Uh, Taking forever to shoot. He had maybe four or five fake shots in there before he actually got his shot off. Um, I think it was a match of uh, partly... Newcastle being extremely one-dimensional, and once Leeds decided how they would deal with Allen, there wasn't much of a chance of us doing anything. Uh, Most of our good attacks came in the first half. Uh, Melier had some phenomenal saves, um, two that were very high quality. Uh, And for the most part, in the second half, there just was no chance for Newcastle to win this. Uh, there was a ton of chances by both sides, but neither side had very many good chances. Uh, all in all, kind of a disappointing game. Oh. Well, at least you got a point. Honestly. Doubling our points tally. Yeah, doubling your points. And taking you outside of the relegation zone? Yes? No, we are second bottom. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, I, I didn't... Obviously, I didn't watch this match. I could not go home from work, but... All I heard was that Rafinha scored a great goal. And then you were texting me during it, as we usually do, or we usually do, um, and saying after ASM scored, um, what would we do without Anasar Maxima? Which, which is very true. Um, I, I don't know. What, what are you like defensively this season? Um, I'm, I sort of lost Calamitous. track of your like, li- lineup at the back. Like, what do you play at back four, back three? Like, what, what's, Bruce, what's Bruce doing back there? Bruce is putting out a back five um mm. recently very with uh john joe's injury uh which i i don't understand why this injury has prompted this change but it's been moving isaac hayden back into the back line why um, okay not yeah. sure he it's his worst position he's a decent he's a, a quite good holding midfielder he's an okay right back he's an okay right midfielder He's not a good center back. He's so ill-disciplined. Um, as you mm. saw for, you know, the Ronaldo goal against Newcastle. Um, yeah. And he actually Ronaldo. supposedly got into a bust-up with Bruce midweek. God, Bruce. Um, yeah, the, apparently Bruce blaming Hayden for the Ronaldo goal. But, so a back five, 
Um, Fab Share and Fetty Fernandez both Fab appear Cher. to have been dropped. Why? Um, they, they're fit and everything, but they're just not getting... Backs. Make no sense. Yeah, certainly... Jamal LaSalle's will not be dropped for some reason, even though he... You don't like been, him? He's been very, very poor. Mm. He, he's been the he one deserving to be dropped. Jamal, Jamal LaSalle needs to change. I think he's a good... I think he's good, but needs to change. I... Um, not to interrupt, but I'm just looking at the lineups or was looking at the lineups. How, did you see the Leeds bench? My, my God, like, who are these people? Um, I, do they have just a ton of injuries? Because... I think so. I mean, Tyler Roberts, we know he's good. But then we got Clayson, never heard of him. Cresswell, nope. Somerville, I know of. McKinstry, never heard of. Sam Greenwood, maybe. Liam McCarran, no. Jamie Shackleton, I know. And then Noan Kennett, kind of. That is a dr- that's a horrible bench. So... Clearly, they have injuries. I last thing on this slash just question: How what was Dan James like in his full debut? Uh, he know. had a penalty shout, um, mm. which people are very mixed about. Some people are like it's a stonewall penalty, and other people are like it's not. Like the defender is allowed to hold his ground. Right. Um, I don't know. Kind of not very present. It was certainly a Rafinha. Rodrigo, uh, you know, kind of pulling yeah. everything. Bamford was very, very quiet. Uh, and uh, Furpo was kind of meh. Uh, but uh, Luke Ayling, very, very good match from him. Luke Ayling played the center back, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Calvin Phillips, not a great match from him either. Interesting. I think he's cooled down a lot. Interesting. Um, it was a yeah a very strange Leeds uh, lineup and bench and Crescencio Somerville came on very early and yeah. didn't do much. He looked out of above be young, out right? of out of his end. Yeah, he's yeah. like seventeen or eighteen. Damn. Well, Leeds. I think yeah, slow start, but they should. I they they probably kick into it into gear eventually. Um, but okay, okay, good to know. I'm sorry it was an underwhelming game. That kind of sucks, especially because you got up early to go to work. Um, where do we want to go next? Uh, Wolves Brentford. Wolves Brentford, sure, sure. Quality match. Um, I unfortunately didn't see this match, so um, I can take it away. No, Wolves bad start for Wolves. Um, very bad start. Yeah, go on then. Uh, Tell me. This was so when. Newcastle let Ivan Tony go for yeah. £350,000 or whatever it was. Uh, and half of Newcastle supporters were like, "That this is ridiculous. This is yeah. a nightmare. He's our best youth prospect. Why would we let him go? And then other people were like, well, he's not proven to be premierly quality, blah, 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 blah. Ivan Tony established himself very clearly that, you know, he may not be consistent. Like, we'll have to, you know, see that in the future. But he can certainly perform in the Premier League. Are um, you saying Ivan it, Tony isn't consistent now? I'm saying now? we'll have to we'll have to see oh, we'll him to be see. consistent in okay. the Premier League. Right, um, right, 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 right. But he, you know, absolutely bossed this match. Uh, he scored three times in the first half. Two of them were called for offsides. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, he also won a penalty, which he took. The penalty was, I 
we'll call it the most blatant penalty I have seen in a long, long time. Um, even if you went through the back of a player, like sliding into the back of him, I think this was even more of a clear penalty than that. Mm. Uh, Marcel, the Brazilian left back for Wolves, straight up, one arm around uh, Tony's chest, the other kind of around the back of his neck, and just like slammed him into the ground. Uh, like a stonewall pen from a mile out. Um, right. A, a well converted. He's always been a good penalty taker. He has a quite good record. Uh, and then about five minutes later, uh, he had an excellent run down the left side. Uh, great pass to, uh, I think it beat two defenders and the goalkeeper uh, and made its way to Mbemo. And he, uh, you know, just very easily scored on an open net. Uh, to, and then that was kind of the story of the first half. Uh, it was quite dominant by Brentford. Um, Wolves looked very timid. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, the rest of the match, there was a ton of, you know, there was a chance where like Neves uh, got caught on the ball and, you know, Mbemo was like one-on-one with the goalkeeper and he put it wide and there were a bunch of these. Uh, he would later like hit the bar. Um, there was a whole bunch of these like, you know, really close, uh, really close uh, opportunities for Brentford. But the match itself wasn't actually close until the 65th minute, when Shandon Baptiste, the Jamaican international, I believe, yes. Yes. Uh, despite being on a yellow, decided to commit a professional foul um, and just pull down the player on a fast break. Even though they were covering players, this got him sent off and made the match so much closer. Um, the final 30 minutes were kind of nervy for Brentford, uh, mostly playing, you know, like last ditch and then last ditch defending plus counterattack. And the moment of the final 30 minutes was Quang Hee Chan being played in uh, just him, him and the goalkeeper, and Christopher Ayer comes out of nowhere and just like a demolishing slide tackle. Um, super, super clean. Uh, Love that. And this match wasn't close until the red card, and then it was only close because of the red card. But overall, very good match for Brentford. Nice. And Brentford are up in mid-table now, and they've been picking up points very solidly, um, along with Watford too, who I guess we can talk about next, maybe? Yeah, um, Absolutely. Watford Norwich, which is a game that I popped on, I believe it was Saturday morning, and it was a great game. So I was actually doing a little bit of reflecting on on this kind of stuff where I was thinking, I've been, disillusioned is the wrong word, but I'm starting to really see the Premier League as genuinely two sort of different leagues. With these elite teams, it just feels so different. And Matches like Norwich versus Watford are the matches that I am starting to look forward to the most. Um, and that's because I think that, okay, the Premier League, all the teams are pretty much, or no, all the teams are rich because they're in the Premier League. Um, and so they can still afford to pick up exciting players, but they're not saddled with the baggage of being these horrible, you know, elite teams with all these problems and just. You can throw money at anything, and essentially that's why that they're up in the 
upper echelons of the table. Um, so I was really looking forward to this match. I purposely chose it over a bunch of others, and um, it didn't disappoint. It was a 3-1 away victory for the Hornets, um, and it was just a great game of football. I think, once again, Norwich showcased some of their fluid fluidity and, and, and their attacking flair, but once again, they were let down. And I'm really curious to see this season if if it sort of pans out similarly to last season, uh, sorry, to the last time they were in the Premier League, if um, the Norwich board will sack Daniel Farker instead of um, sticking with him. I know that they have this grand plan, but I'm assuming they're expecting to do much better in the Premier League this time over slash will want to survive, whereas last time they openly admitted they didn't care about surviving because they thought it was too early. Granted, Norwich have had... This is the first, on paper, easier match that they've had. So Norwich have had the worst start in the Premier League. Um, and so you can't blame them for picking up no points prior to this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, some highlights from, from this match. Um, Emmanuel Dennis scoring again. And he seems, at this early stage of the season, to be a, a real uh, a, attacking threat, not just with his pace, but his actual physical presence up top. I didn't realize he's quite tall. He's quite strong. So he, he got a great header uh, to open the scoring in this match. And um, that sort of showcased his, he can sort of play almost that, definitely not that Troy Deeney role because he's a, he's a different player, but he can play as the focal point of the attack, um, which is not something I, I thought he could do. And he's already scored more goals now than, than he did in uh, last season, uh, first half season for, for Club Brugge and the second half for, for Köln. Um, so he's started on fire and he has a great celebration. He has the um, cartwheel uh, backflip celebration um, that we've seen yeah. players, players pull out um, over the years. Great that, celebration. Mm-hmm. That's one of the celebrations that you know made me fall in love with Obafemi mm-hmm. Martins. So Yeah, he has the Obafemi Martins so celebration. Yeah. And Emmanuel, he's, is he Nigerian, Emmanuel Dennis? Yes. Or am I making that up? Yes. Yeah. So maybe he got it from there. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Watford were were looking very solid and when they went one up I was looking on my phone sort of purveying the the personnel they have I was looking at the starting 11 looking at the bench and I was like hang on a second like Watford actually have on paper like a good team they have a really good team they but it's because they're cash rich they can take from Udinese and and they've kept hold of of some decent players and so yeah I was looking I was looking at the team and I was like this is a genuinely a solid Premier League side. I was like, this is better than Burnley's team on paper. Sort of things like that. Um, and then when I was thinking about how good they were, of course, Tamer Puki goes and scores a, a very classic Tamer Puki goal. He took it really well, actually. He, it was sort of like on a, on a half volley um, kind of thing because a ball was bouncing up. He had dribbled um, on, a, on a counter-attack and he put it uh, near post past the goalkeeper. Really great goal in the 35th minute, just before halftime. Um, and and then Norwich sort of dominated, I thought, the rest of that half. Billy Gilmore doing a lot of flicks and tricks, um, bringing the ball forward um, through the midfield. And, and Brandon Williams looking like an attacking threat down the left. Um, so yeah, Norwich sort of not firing on all cylinders, but they had Tamu Puki up top, who's obviously deadly when he gets a chance, and Josh Sargent, who is not deadly, but is a grafter um, and, and likes to get an assist and get stuck in. So, yeah, 1-1 at the break, and I was like, oh, this is sort of in the balance. I hope the second half is good. And, and, it, and it really was. Ishmael Saar got the double to win it. Um, first one in the 63rd minute. 
uh, and and that was sort of not bundled in, but it was a, a counter attack, and then it bounced off Tim Krull, and he put the ball in, and then he got um, the what's it called the the safety goal? No, what's it called the the comfort goal? Whatever. In the 80th minute, he got the the goal that put put uh, Watford out of reach for for a great away victory and um Norwich yeah looking a little shaky in the defense for sure I saw that I actually forgot that Ojan Kabak of Liverpool fame no of of Liverpool last season is at the heart of defense for Norwich he looks he looks okay. He's super physical. I mean, I think that's his main attribute is that the guy is like, he's so quick and he's really strong. And so he was actually dealing with Josh King and Ishmael Saar and like he was dealing with them fine, but his technical ability needs improving. Um, and I, I'd be interested to see how he develops because I think he signed on a permanent. Um so yeah, I mean, that's sort of rambling, but I really, really enjoyed this game. It's the type of game that I'm going to be looking for uh, throughout the, the rest of the season. And yeah, uh, big three points for Watford. Yeah, for the most part, you know, I agree on pretty much everything you said. Mm. Uh, I will touch on Norwich. I just, like they say that they think they're better fit for the premier league this year but like i really like grant hanley you know great club servant for newcastle yeah um, he'll always have a place in my heart but he he was just so poor today um his his slowness really showed um and then also uh, kevin mclean like yeah why is he playing not premier league quality i i just am very confused and Timu Puki, he's, he's like a Norwich legend. I think he's good. He, he's, he's just killer. He's, just, he's, he's slowing just down a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I he, describe him. He he ran a, for the for the, for his goal. He ran off the you know he dribbled through the so, through the lines. It was a good goal. Not not goal. physically slowing down. I meant like oh like know, is year over year his contributions have gotten less and less. Um, I. It's just they have a very weird squad, and like Josh Sargent, you know, I think he's I like good. Yeah, I don't know if he's prem quality yet. Yeah, um, probably. I mean, so young. he's a he's um, a weird player. I think he's that Josh the, Sargent should. I I think it's a good move for Josh Sargent because he should even if Norwich go down, he should stick with them because Norwich. We know if Norwich go down, they're going to come back up again. I think they're just going to be yo-yoing until either the owners or whoever's investing in this club get bored and then they'll sink or it finally clicks and they manage to stay in the Premier League. And let's be clear, they had a absolutely horrible start. Like, it's, of course, they don't have any points. And okay, and now Watford, that was an opportunity, but they'll, they'll get there and I, I, I do think that they'll improve on their 2019-20 record. But let's, yeah, let's definitely remember that they had such a such a bad start. Um, yeah, they yeah. have a, a five-game stretch against Leeds, Brentford, Southampton, Wolves, and Newcastle that I think will be a defining uh, period for them. Uh, yeah. That it's It'll be... Our opinion on them based on those five, five games will be a lot more fair than right. our opinion yeah. on them of the last five games. Yeah. So. And I just wanted to, before we move on, real quick, like 
Watford, I think, will um, they they will not keep up this super strong start. I think that not that teams will figure them out because they're 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 a dangerous team physically, but I think eventually the just the literally the quality of the players will struggle to face up against. Uh, more established Premier League teams. But just looking at their lineup, right now, it's just this great blend of young and old. So, I mean, Ben Foster was, he's been dropped in in 2021. I mean, he's like 38 now, so it makes sense. But Daniel Backman has a knee injury, so he, he came in and he was fine. He was decent. He's a great goalie. But then you have Kiko Feminia has been around at Watford forever. William Trusta-Kong, he is a great player. He's been at a bunch of different clubs, super experienced, but still young. Craig Cathcart, okay, iffy. He's like ancient and very slow. Danny Rose in this match, he was so good on the ball. Some of the, it just his technical quality was shining through. I mean, on the, he, he, you could see that he was a more talented player than anyone else on the pitch, right? I mean, obviously, Danny Rose is 30 now. He has had open struggles with, a variety of different things and didn't play all of our season. I thought he was really good in this match. He was struggling a little bit, I think, with basically anyone who was a bit strong and a bit fast. But he was responsible for these beautiful raking balls out, setting up these counterattacks. And with the likes of Emmanuel Dennis and Ishmael Saar, who is like, this surely has to be his last season at Watford because he's incredible. But then, you know, you even have like Musa Sissoko in the midfield great and josh king up top again physical fast sometimes scores tom cleverly lacks all those physical attributes but makes up for it with a good footballing mind i just think it's a good blend right now ken Semmer came off the bench whom we both adore they have a, a tabo like he's you know he's providing depth and then jeremy and is coming through who came on for kiko feminia who picks up an injury you know they just have watford just have this team where you're like they could graft through this like they're just i think they'll be quite fun to watch this season basically and that's where i end because um i've taken up a lot of time in this game but i just really enjoyed it it just uh, it reminded me of why i like football so much this game um just very much it had a sense of humility to it i think that a lot of these elite games lack now yeah uh mm-hmm. one of so I agree. I think Is- Ishmael Asar is going to leave um, mm. for He's so two good. main reasons. He's so good. I think he'll go to Liverpool. He has played for Watford all six attacking spots. Yeah, he's so Striker, good. Striker, right wing, left wing, center forward, uh, left mid, right mid, depending on the system. His He has a goal contribution about one in every two matches uh yeah. which one of those one, one of them was three, in the championship yeah. but you know he's 23 he's, so he's good. uh three months and three days older than me he's so good uh yeah just an unreal player yeah. also i would like years as well so he's, he's experienced as well yeah mm-hmm. um i would also like to highlight uh matthias norman he is one of those very interesting players who, like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, uh, kind of goes viral outside of the footballing world because he's gorgeous. Uh, when he was at Brighton, he went viral for like being just this absolute Wait, rock of a human being. He's the Norwich center midfielder. Um, 
he's on loan at Norwich from FC Rostov in what's 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 his oh um Norman Matthias Norman yeah but his um his bleached hair is horrible that's what I was gonna say yeah yeah bleaching his hair was a terrible decision yeah he also living in England must have gotten to him he has gotten so much more pale than he used to be (laughs) um but he he was a stone cold stunner you know back in like 2018 um, I got to see him now with the, without his uh, without his bleached hair. I'm curious. Uh, he was uh, quite good in this game, by the way. I I liked him. I was like, who is this guy? I'd literally well. never, I'd never heard of him in my life. I was like, who is who is this guy? But he, he was good. He was good. He's unreal on FIFA. He's so good. Mm. Okay, let's move uh, on. Let's go to the next. Yep. Uh, next. I guess Villa Everton. Oh yeah! Wow. He he. Why'd you bleach your hair? He looked so good before. Wow. All right, never mind. Okay, so I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop thirsting over him. Um, what did you say, Villa Everton? Yes. Okay, I also watched this game. This was a very curious game. So I was texting you during this. It ended three 0 to Villa, by the way. Three 0 victory at home for for Aston Villa. And I was texting you and saying, "Hang on a second. Is Rafa Benitez going to make Everton a likable team?" And I know blasphemous because. We hate Everton. Everton suck. They are boring. But up until this point, and 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 large, and for the for the vast amount of this game, I would say, I was like, Rafa is just work. Like it's working. Like it's really it's going well for Everton. And I remember panning panning the signings of Andros Townsend and Damari Gray. And even in this loss, they were standout players, and they got them for a combined like two, like three million. I don't know something ridiculous like that. Um, Damari Gray almost scored again in this match. Um, and obviously, Andrews Townsend scored a screamer last week. Um, Everton were genuinely the better side up until the 60th minute. So for, the, for a whole hour, Villa were just ch- chugging along, not doing much. Everton had all the chances. And then in a nine-minute spell, Villa found themselves 3-0 up. Um, Matty Cash scored a bit of a screamer to open the scoring in the 66th minute. It was one of those, like, it was kind of like a bad version of the Bonjami Pavard goal that he scored, you know, that won the 2018 World Cup goal of the tournament. Uh, it was like from the right back position, like outside the box, raked it across to nestle in the back of the net on the left hand side kind of deal. Um, and so that sort of put them 1 0 up. And I guess with the crowd behind them, that meant that Villa just went for it. Um, Luca Digna put the ball in the back of his net off a a Leon Bailey corner and Leon Bailey was the the star of the show really because he got subbed on whipped in the corner that Leon Bailey sort of jumped up and nodded it into his own net and then um in the 75th minute Leon Bailey added the third goal on his full debut uh Maisie why well, we all know Leon Bailey is like lightning quick so he was right in the thick of a counter-attack Maisie little dribble put it past the goalie um very uh, accomplished finish. And then he did the same thing as... Um, so uh, he's Jamaican. And he did the same... What's her name? Steffi something. Uh, the Jamaican... Steffi tri- Grant. Or, is, or, yeah. Or. Uh, the Jamaican Twitch streamer who passed away... I think she had health issues or something. Um, uh, Raheem Sterling did a tribute to her a couple of weeks ago. And Leon Bailey had the same shirt that he revealed underneath. Um, but yeah, what a... Uh, what a what an impact Leon Bailey made. He was, he was excellent um, when he came on. And um, yeah, a great 21-minute 
sort of cameo from him. Um, and Dean Smith after the match said that he thinks he'll become a crowd favorite. And I think that Villa will be hoping that this match is sort of indicative of the rest of their season. They've had a very iffy start, unlike Everton, who've had a great start, um, where they've sort of struggled a bit. But if you if you look at the players that they've they've brought in, um, they should be a wonderful attacking team. Um with Danny Ings and, and now Bailey and obviously Buendia and they've got Watkins up there too. It should be great. Um, I thought it was interesting because I wouldn't say that they won ugly, but I don't think they were the better team or anything like that. Um, I thought I thought that Everton were, were really good again. Um, they were missing Dominic Calvert-Lewin after a bad tackle by James Tarkovsky um, on the Monday night match. Uh, Solomon Rondon was up top. I actually didn't pay much attention to him. Um, he was making his first full start for them and was relatively anonymous, I guess. Um, he... We are not 100% sure about Tyrone Mings, but I guess if there's anyone you want to come up against Solomon Rondon, it's Tyrone Mings, who's quick, he's strong. And then you've got Axel Twanzebe next to him, who is super, super fast. So you kind of you can keep a striker like Rondon quiet if you have two like Adonises at the back. Um, but yeah um, oh and yeah John McGinn had to go off um, because he suffered a head injury apparently he was feeling too dizzy to play which is very concerning um, but at yeah, least they took um, him off at least they took him off exactly yeah, and uh, Pickford so wasn't rare. playing as well um, he was replaced by Asmir Begovic I'm not sure what's wrong with him must be an injury because he wouldn't be dropped uh, Asmir Begovic made one incredible one-handed save, r- r- like reminiscent of his Stoke days. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was another good game. I I very much enjoyed it. And um, Villa, you know, maybe maybe they're starting to click into gear. Uh, yeah, I will say about Rondon one. Growing out his hair is a great choice. I think he looks oh, a lot better. Sure. He does. Uh, two, I believe he had Everton's only shot on target for this match. Wow. Um, so while he may have been overall anonymous, you know, I mean, there's only one shot on target produced. Gray had quite a few shots that were, you know, about seven inches wide. I think he had three. There was one that was even closer than that, though. There was one that he, that they could have gone in the net. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch this live. Um, I would like to point out Danny Ings assist for the Bailey goal. Uh, just the like awareness that you need to get that ball out into the space as soon as possible and just let Bailey run onto it. I mean, yeah, on, on that Danny Ings signing for Villa is a coup for them on paper. He's so good. He's just so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like thinking about signings. Like, you know, it's very hard to assign value based on uh, the transfer fee compared to the value that they bring to the club. But I like thinking about it like, when does the $30 million that they paid for Ings, like, when, at what moment does that become worth it? Like, Europe. if he scores, you know, Europe. seven goals... Yeah, if he make if they make Europe, yeah. does all of a sudden make it's Europe, worth that's it. when it's worth it. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe that's harsh because especially because it's not like Villa are wanting for cash. So it's like they can just throw that much money on a player who 
who will get fans off their seats and who could hit 20 goals this season. I mean, he already has two. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think I have a soft spot for Danny Ings. I just, I love watching him. He's just so good. Um, but, but I see what you mean. I think, I think that they, they will have bought him. He was very open. They'll have bought him and he'll have agreed because they said, look, this is a project for us to get into Europe and we're going to get into Europe. That's why, that's why he wants to play. He, he's, he, we know he's super ambitious. He feels like he is trying to make up for lost time because of those like, awful, awful injuries he had at Liverpool and everyone made fun of him for it, which is always sad when that happens to players. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll see. Good, good victory for Villa against a, a very good Everton side so far this season. Are you ready to move on to uh, Brighton I, of course, Leicester? I'm sorry. You've got to cut me off if, I, if I'm rambling. I'm just excited to be back on the pod. So. No, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So that, those I, down. Where next? So uh, Leicester Brighton, did you watch this live? Leicester Brighton? Leicester Brighton I watched live, yeah. So I would like to take this i would like you to tell me how close i am because i only watched the highlights okay and i feel like i extremely missed out because based on highlights alone this seems like it would have been one of the most entertaining matches to watch as a neutral it was such a Uh, good match it was it was an amazing match yeah so uh the only negative of watching this match is you have to watch Leicester play in those god awful kits. Horrible kit. It's like yeah. a training ground. Compared thing. to the I, the Brighton kits are just gorgeous. I love the Brighton kits. They're always so good. Brighton They're have the, the like, the classic, yeah, you know, like clean, proper football kit. And the gold strip is oh, it's just good. It's just a good kit. Looks great on them. Anyway, so, sorry. anyways. No. The match starts off. Brighton producing the majority of the chances. However, the shots coming off target after good build-up play. So there's already a basis of you know, Brighton having uh, quality chances, but the final product just isn't quite there. Then, out of nowhere, kind of the opposite way that they had built up in the first 35 minutes, uh, they it's not luck it's like a combination of skill and bad luck and luck and whatever but uh vestergaard yannick vestergaard handballs it uh basically shane duffy just slams the ball into his hand um off the corner i think it's a thousand percent going in if not blocked by the hand so despite you know there being that contest of oh you know, he can't get out of the way, you know, it's, he's three or two yards away from Shane Duffy. Uh, you know, I think a thousand percent, it should be a penalty. Um, Cause I think it, a, a penalty should be called when it, the, the incident changes the spirit of the game. And so, you know, preventing a goal from a corner, you know, soccer is about, you know, scoring goals and whatnot. So even if it's unlucky and unintended by Vestergaard, I think it's a very clear pen, and that's what penalty should be for. Um, it was very confidently finished by Neil Mape, uh, and it 
I, I hope I explained well what I meant by the first 35 minutes compared to the penalty incident being two very different ways that Brighton were playing. Uh, in the second half, uh, Danny Welbeck would score off a set piece, um, which supposedly Leicester are uh, vulnerable from set pieces. I'm not totally sure that that's true. Um, but people have been saying it, so I suppose. Uh, and I have a question. It's when should I eat my words about Danny Welbeck? Is it, is what they're paying him? Has it been worth it? Have I love him? I have no idea. Um, I just love him. But a billion percent Jamie Vardy's fault on this goal. Uh, he yeah. did not even try to mark Danny Welbeck at all, which I should you ask your talismanic goal scorer to no. to be defending a set no. piece but anyway is getting it wrong sorry wait what Ro- i'm so sorry for interjecting i'm just rogers is getting it so wrong in set pieces it's insane it's just like what you just said like what the defensive it's just horrible like what is jamie vardy doing in that position like it just doesn't make any sense anyway continue okay so that's the first 50 minutes which i would call act one of this game do i have this okay. correct so far I, I agree with you so far. Yeah, I agree. The, sit, part two, act two. Unreal. Probably the best yeah, 40 minutes awesome. of a game. Uh, it really starts with uh, the 61st minute. A very nice... I'm not even sure who is in on it. Shemido, uh, which is very strange name to say. Um, it feels so unintuitive. I think he played it to Samare, who played it back to Yuri Tileman, who uh, just kind of gorgeously curls the ball onto the about one yard out for Jamie Vardy, um, just completely taking the goalkeeper and two defenders out of the picture. Um, great goal. It was so good that, you know, Madi said, it was an amazing goal, and you know, she watches like no football. So, uh, then five minutes later, they would score the first equalizer of this match. Uh, it was a headed goal from somebody, I'm not sure who. Uh, are you? Do you know who scored that first offsides goal? Sorry, you you. I think my you've been cutting out a little. Um, okay. are you talking about the first offside goal? Yes, I am. Um. Oh my goodness, it was. Uh, no, because it's it was Barnes that gets in. It, yeah, it was Adam Ola Lookman. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Lookman thinks he scored. Uh, it was Harvey Barnes offsides. However, uh, yeah. bookmark. Let's bookmark this, this offsides okay. decision. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how you unpack this. Keep going. Twenty minutes later, uh, in, Wilfred Ndidi scores from, uh, I think it's from the corner. Um, but once again, Harvey Barnes is blocking uh, Roberto Sanchez, um, and it is called offsides. So twice. Uh, Leicester think they have scored to equalize, and both sides has been both times has been called offsides for the same player 
blocking the same goalkeeper. I think it's just because it's the same exact event that occurred twice that there's, in quotation marks, controversy about this. I think it's just such an unlucky thing. Like, I, I don't think Harvey Barnes is really trying to do this. Um, if he is, then, you know, that's a really bad characteristic to have. But uh, because it's like, it's such an unlucky thing, because it happens twice, the odds of it happening are so slim that it becomes this, you know, super unlucky for Lester, you know, and then you think, oh, they should, des- they, they deserve to have one back. Um, I have, I would describe like both as uh, a half offsides and then, so like either one of them could go either way. Um, the first one, especially the 66th minute one, I don't think even if he wasn't obscured, I don't think Sanchez would have a chance at it. Um, and then the second one as well, it's just, it's such a, a 50, 50 thing. Uh, that it's very, it's both unlucky, but totally within the rules of the book, uh, to go against Leicester. Um, and overall this win gives Brighton an unbelievable start to this season. Tell me what I did wrong. Tell me what I did incorrectly. No, I, I think that's a, that's a good takeaway from the match. I think, uh, I, my personal opinion, I hate, 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 hate the offside goals being ruled out. I hate it. I think it's ridiculous. I, you know, R- Roberto Sanchez is like six foot five. Harvey Barnes is like five foot eight. R- it's just ridiculous. Like it, I just, goalkeepers in, in a lot of incidences still in the game are, are too, too protected. Like you, you see it with when they make terrible tackles and they stay on the pitch for some reason. Or, and then in this case, it's like, Oh, like I can't see the ball. Like it's just rubbish. Like, as, okay, one of them. I think maybe the first goal, the Lookman goal. You could argue a little bit more about the offside. The second one, and I, I think I don't have these mixed up. The second one is just ridiculous. It's just like that shouldn't be ruled out. And I, I'm just thinking more of. I mean, I don't play football anymore, which is very sad. But I'm just thinking of myself as a footballer, and obviously, I never played at a level where like linesman would ever catch something like that but it would frustrate the hell out of me to have that ruled out because it's just yeah i just don't i just i just don't like the rule at all and i think at the top level it doesn't make any sense either um goalkeepers they are trained to react to situations where they can't see the ball very clearly and the fact that harvey barnes is marginally in an offside position it just it doesn't sit right with me um you know, uh, the, 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 everything you've said, I pretty much agree with. Um, I love Kukurea. Kukurea was awesome in this game. Such an attack. Very classy. I can't wait, can't wait for Lamptey to be back. And we will have possibly like the most exciting fullback duo in the Prem with Lamptey and Kukurea on either flank. Um, the most exciting back line in football. Yeah. Kukurea, yeah. Lewis Dunk, Lamptey who... on side. Lewis Donk and Shane Duffy in the middle for the Dunk. most God. old school. Oh, well, Webster too. Webster. Yeah. Webster when he's back from injury. Uh, um, that's two months out now. But 
Yeah, I know. Kukurea, uh, Jenny said, oh, I don't like him because early in the match, he uh, shoved someone over and he was like, she was like, um, why do you do that? And then she <laughs> said, I think he looks like a little bit of a dick. And I was like, I love him. Um, I guess with, you know, like a outside view, well, maybe, maybe looks like a little bit of a dick, long hair. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he was, he was super exciting and he's so good. Like, I think he, I, I mean, I, I can see him at Brighton for a couple of seasons, especially if Brighton do really well this, this year, but um, he, he's better than Brighton. He should be playing in the Champions League. He's so good. Um, Barcelona did a horrible job letting him go. So, although I'm sure they would have just sold him by now anyway. Um, but yeah, this was a great game as well. I picked really good games to watch um, this this weekend. I'm not gonna lie, uh, and and yeah, you did a great job of rounding up the game that you did. Yeah, watch. well done. Uh, interjection for the mm-hmm. listeners: I did not watch a single football match this weekend. I watched wow. Newcastle oh, Leeds, and Masters. then I spent the rest of the weekend doing stuff away from a television. You need screen, breaks so. from football. You need breaks from football. Maybe. I should have taken a break and not watched Newcastle and just picked a different match to watch. Yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've watched Newcastle since the our opening day victory against you. Um, and Ugh. I stand by that. Um, cool. All right. Um, well, let's let me since you are trash talking my beloved Newcastle. Oh God, let yeah, me so stick my finger in the wound for you. Uh, yeah, West I couldn't Ham watch this one. Time. Yeah, I didn't watch Manchester it. United two. Hmm. What do you know yeah. of the match? Do you, have you seen the highlights? Have you oh, seen? I'm not gonna watch the highlights. I I'm very okay. there you go. I'm very sad when West Ham don't win. I just don't bother. I know it makes me angry, so I just avoid it. So I know I know that. So here, here's how it goes. I obviously know that we lost two one. I know that we opened the store, uh, scoring with Saeed Ben Rama's strike massively deflected strike from outside the area. I know we started Vlasic. I know that Kurt Zuma was very good. He did one particular fantastic tackle against Cristiano Ronaldo yep. at the end of the game. Destroyed um, him. Just an amazing tackle. I know that so foul dealt very well with Ronaldo too. I know that Ronaldo obviously scored. Ronaldo is going to hit so many goals this season while also probably not being very good. Um, or well, of course, he'll be good, but not like a sensational sort of player that's helping the team other than scoring goals, if that makes any sense. I know that Jesse Lingard came off the bench and scored a wonderful goal against us and then didn't celebrate, which I did like. Thank you, Jesse. Um, I hate the fact that you scored against us, but thank you for not celebrating. That is respectful. And then uh, one thing I didn't know until I saw my brother today was that Mark Noble came off the bench in the 94th minute to take a penalty that he promptly missed, which is heart-wrenching i hated that when i found out i wish that never happened and uh to be fair mark noble is an incredible penalty taker it was an insane save from david de Gea. so but still horrible i don't i don't think you should ever sub on a player to take a penalty for his first touch um not fair but um i was asking theo he said he thought we deserved not to win but not to lose and I don't know that's if called that's a true draw. or not because we our yes, let's call it a draw. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not because we are incredibly biased. But please take it away, Blake. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you did pretty well. I would okay. say first, the first big point is 
uh, Fabianski had a goal of, or a save of the season uh, contender very early on. Uh, a, a corner was headed on, yeah, I, I believe, by Ogbonna. It fell to Bruno Fernandes, and he hit it so powerfully. And Fabianski gets, you know, an eighth of a middle finger on it and pushes it around the post. Um, you know, top quality save by West Ham's number two. Uh, the goal by West Ham was a massive deflection. Uh, for the time, the first 30 minutes, overall against the run of play, but not undeserved. Um, and then just right up the other end, Ronaldo scored. Uh, but I thought it was pretty poor defending. Cresswell tried to play the offside strap uh, and seriously messed it up because nobody went with him. He was the only player who stepped, uh, whereas all the other defenders were still moving backwards. So Ronaldo was quite clearly on sides. Um, and then in the 89th minute, Jesse Lingard uh, would score. But I thought, honestly, it wasn't great defending by Kurt Zuma, who had a good game, but not oh, okay. a great moment. Uh, he just kept yeah. showing Lingard inside, which is okay. a strange decision. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, well finished by Jesse. He... Started, he, so he put his hands up to say, I'm not going to celebrate. Ran over to the, the away fans. Um, just kind of to be near them, I suppose. Um, kissed the badge and then hugged the, his teammates. So it was kind of a strange, you know, I think it's strange to like raise your hands and then go run over to the Man U fans and kiss the badge. I think it's like a, I disagree. It's, I think it, he was very much I don't saying, think it's like, egregious. It's very much like a, I'm sorry, but, you know, it still means a lot no, to it's me very much like, for this club. I won't celebrate in front of the West Ham fans, but he obviously made that mistake in the Champions League. He has had a tough time. It's like, I am a Man U player. Like, I love you, Manchester United. You know, that's the reason he didn't come back to West Ham. I'm, I'm just going to believe that. Like, it's because he's been there since he was a kid and loves Man U, despite the fact apparently he's rejected a contract extension or something. But yeah, I think I'm just gonna. I just can't deal with it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna believe that he um, just didn't want to celebrate in front of our fans. So there we go. Yep. Um, elsewhere around the Premier League, Chelsea demolished Spurs. Uh, Man City had a controversial nil-nil draw with Southampton. Uh, Arsenal beats yeah. Burnley 1-0. Uh, Odegaard, that, what a free kick. I have not seen it. So oh, so I good. W- what a free kick that was. Marvellous. Uh, uh, Arsenal go. are so lucky to have Martin Odegaard. He is so good. And I don't understand why he wants to be at Arsenal, because Arsenal suck. But there you go. There you go. That's Oscar's take. Uh, yeah. Oscar, do you want to make some predictions for this next match day? Please. Uh, um, so I can st- so to build the environment, mm-hmm. I failed with my you know my freebie prediction. Uh, so th- it is still five to three, meaning Oscar Ooh. has a plus okay. two differential. Um, yeah. So I have my 
three predictions for this upcoming match day. Match day six. Um, mm-hmm. I predict Aston Villa will beat Manchester United 2-1. Ooh. As my super spicy take, I believe West Ham will beat Leeds United 2-0, which I believe is away. So I think West Ham will go away to Leeds and win 2-0. And I think Spurs will go to Arsenal and beat them 1-0. Oh, I like that. Nuno's struggling. The narrative. Okay, um, I haven't made my predictions yet. So, Blake, do you think you could dick... Just because I'm in a very awkward, like, small desk space, I can't um, talk and type at the same time. Can you... Can I dictate it to you and you type it? Yes, you can. Thank you very much. I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to predict the Chelsea-Man City match. I'm going to go all eggs in my Chelsea are going to win the league basket and say they're going to win 1-0 against Manchester City. Um, next up, I am going to go... Four. And uh, let me find the fixtures. I should have done this earlier. Oh my god. Where's the tab? Okay, I'm finding it. I'm tempted to do the Newcastle prediction, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna go I'm gonna cop out. I'm gonna go Everton to bounce back against Norwich City with a narrow two one victory. Feels right. And then for my final prediction. I am very Ill. Oh by the way, what did Crystal what what's happened to Crystal Palace this weekend? They didn't play. Why? Oh, they did. No, they didn't. They got smashed by Liverpool. Oh, yes, they did. Never mind. 3-0. Okay, my bad. Uh, that was so run-of-the-mill that I didn't even pay attention to it. Uh, should, I, should I do a Watford-Newcastle prediction, Blake? Do you want me to do that? I would love you to. Okay, I am going to go for another 1-1 one one draw. I think you might pick up a point. I think that Watford might struggle against your back five. I don't think you'll let them counterattack very effectively. They can't counterattack because we don't attack in the first place. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. You are so bad that you don't attack. So I think, yeah, ASM, Maisie, dribble, goal, and some, I don't know, Ishmael Sam. Ken Sema. Awesome. Ken Sema. Ken Sema. Oh, I love him. Ken Sema. Scoring, you know, kind of deal. There you go. All right. Okay. Are you ready for some questions? I am always ready for your questions, of course. Uh, As usual, well, I guess as for this season, these are all themed. Um, This one has been delayed two weeks because it's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, this week's is Watford themed. Ooh. Uh, this player started his career at BJ Foundation, which is a club so small that they don't have a Wikipedia page. Ooh. He then would make the, uh, full, uh, rotation. Uh, starting his senior team career at Granada before moving to Watford. And then he would go on loan to Malaga before ending up at this club. Can you tell me where one Isaac success is? Oh, I think I can. 
I surely can. Wait, no, now I'm so... It's got, it's got to be Udinese, right? Yes, he yeah. is. He signed a three-year permanent deal about uh, 20 days ago uh, with nice. Udinese. Um, I think he's a very interesting player. He's had a very he has not had pivotal... a very successful career, I would say, so far. Sorry. He's had a super pivotal moment in his career. Okay. He has? Um, I think. Well, I think he, I think this is like his. Oh, you mean, it, yeah, because that's a big, that's a big, like, yeah. He barely played for them in the championship last season. He signed a three-year deal with a Serie A side. Like, what? I mean, yeah, I know that it's the sister club, so it's fine, but. Yeah, he, uh, he smashed the Watford transfer record way yeah, back he when he signed for them in 2016. Yeah. Um, and would go on to make 63, perf- 63 appearances, uh, three goals, quite a uh, not great return. Um, and this is, you know, he's signing for a very established, quite good uh, Serie A side. Um, I don't know how they're doing this season. I don't know how Isaac um, Sussex is doing this season. I don't think he's made an appearance with him this season. I know that... I know that Udinese had one like barnstorming like four three victory or something. Um, they are currently seventh. Seventh, not bad. Wow, that's good. Yeah, they got seven points. That's really good. And they have a game in hand. They could go top of the table, Blake. There you go. They could go top of the table. They have had a good start. Two draw, two wins and a draw. Not bad. So they, yeah, that's very good. I know that because um, you know Gerard De La Feo is playing for them. Yes. So yeah, which is so weird. He's, so the, yeah, look, they he's also they, made the the rounds, the Watford to Udinese yeah. by one. Yeah. So he they played Napoli tomorrow, so that's a tough match. But they beat Spezia one nil. They beat Venetia three nil. Okay, and they uh, drew with Juventus two two. So two very easy games. Juventus are horrible, so maybe three easy games, and then they smashed someone in the cup, Dolomiti in the cup. Nice. Yes, oh, no, he's not played. Sorry, yeah. he has not played a minute for Udinese yet. Hmm. Um, yeah, rough. Okay. Yeah, I think he. Uh, okay. You know, this he's twenty-five. Yeah, success. Yeah. He's um, uh, he's kind of gotta gotta show it right now. He does. I think that the, the problem with Isaac's success is that he's not a he, he's always been deployed as a striker, at least for Watford, and he's not a striker. So I don't he's just one of those players where it's like, what are you doing? Um and yeah, where he'll fit in Udinese up top they have I think his name's well they have Okaka still in the books and they have I think his name is Puseto, that guy who's also flipped. I think he played for Watford for a bit. And then, so I guess he'll come in as either a wide forward or a sub striker. But I think he's he's made the bench, but he just hasn't played. Um, yeah, Udinese, very strange team. Very much like they never get relegated, but why? Like they just are nothing. Like what do they do? Nothing kind of thing. Do they have a... Um... They have a... Um... Fernando Urente up top. Mm, they did, but now I think he's a, a uh, oh, is he gone? Free agent. Yeah. Uh, 
He's just so old. There you go. Um, Fernando Llorente, he should, yeah, I think, or maybe he's technically still with them, but he does not play for them. Maybe he's he's trying to be, uh, no, he, no, yeah, he plays for Udinese. I think he's been frozen out though. Oh, he's old. He's an old dude. Yeah. He is 36. Okay, I got some more questions. Anyway, yeah, keep going. Uh, do you know why Watford are the Hornets? Um, I literally have no idea. Literally, they their supporters club held a vote, and they just voted randomly to be called the Hornets. That's very, very strange. But I such a boring dig it. Name. Yeah, it's very boring. Well. Yeah, well, I don't the know. name it, they have the a, name itself isn't boring, but the story is boring. The story is incredibly boring. They have a they have a decent like I like the aesthetic. Well, no, Harry the Hornet is a terrible mascot. He just looks bad, but you know, it means that they can have a cool black and white strip, so. And it means yeah. that Yeah. Um Josh King, I mean, this man, he just looks so good. I can't the glow up like if you see pictures of Josh King back in the day, and even just like for Bournemouth relatively recently, he doesn't look good. Now he's just sexy. Like, have you seen him? He just looks so good. It's ridiculous. It's the beard. It's the short hair. Fantastic. Sorry, but I just I'm trying to, to get. That. Where did he start his career? Man U. Uh, maybe somewhere in Norway. Yeah, he started it way back in the day, back in back at Man U, who he almost moved to. But, and then he went on loan to, here, I got it, Preston North End, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Hull, Blackburn. He played for Blackburn for two seasons. Then Bournemouth, that's really where he was. Obviously, that terrible move to Everton and now Watford. So, Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's a okay-looking guy. I don't know if I would describe no, him as... No, you can't. Are you Googling him? Because if you Google him, there's no good pictures of him. Just watch him. I promise you. Okay. Watch him and you, you, you'll see it. I promise you. You'll see it. He just Let's doesn't. Get... There's no good photos of him, but Ooh, I like him. Anyway, what else do you have to ask me? Uh, well, I, one, I'm hoping Jenny's not near you to see you fawn She's over. In the other room. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> My next is a, a trivia question. More. Uh, okay. Watford is obviously owned by the the Pazzo family. Uh, mm-hmm. How many prominent scandals has the Pazzo family been a part of? <laughs> I'm going to go solid six. Way overshoot. I also thought it was okay, much no, no. higher two. than the actual number. Yep, it is two. two. Uh, nice. The 1986 match betting scandal that relegated Udinese. Oh, uh, and okay. then 1990, uh, a match fixing versus Lazio, uh, mm-hmm. in which the the elder Pozo, not the one who owns Watford, the one who owns Watford is the son, but the his father, oh. the one who owns Udinese, uh, he was, quote, banned from holding authority over nice. Udinese, which does not mean okay. he's not allowed to be the owner. Uh, Oh, I have yeah. no idea what the difference is, but he, you know, is still owner to this day, um, despite almost well over thirty years ago. Uh, 
yeah, getting in trouble for a match versus Lazio. Um, uh, Pozzo, sorry, keep going. No, 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 no. I, I was going to move on. Oh, sorry. I just want to say, so Pozzo is, it means well in Italian. Famous. So that, um, waiting for Godot, one of the duo is called Pozzo. Um, and he is very like foppish and he's like a pompous, arrogant, like aristocrat. And I just think it is such a hilarious connection to the Pozzos who are also just not good people and very rich. Anyway, it, you can move on now. In waiting for Godot, Pozzo mm. is not one of the two main characters. No, sorry, not one of the two main characters. Um, yeah, Vladimir and Astragon. Yeah, Vla- Vladimir and, and Astragon. He, he's, um, he's the, yeah, he's one of the people that visits and he wears, his thing is like, he looks similar to them, but just less worse for wear. And it's like a whole like, you could turn out to be like this too, Pozzo thing. Sorry, it's been a while since I've had anything to do with Waiting for Godot. And no is worry. he blind or uh, something? I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Not sure, but uh, Samuel Beckett, mm-hmm. very good looking guy up until when he died. Samuel he Beckett? He's always of, quite distinguished. Yeah, very distinguished. Uh, very okay, distinguished. moving on. Uh, another trivia question. In his okay. first stunt as Watford owner, how many flights did Watford climb under Sir Elton John? How many flights did... Oh, two. Very close. It was three. three. He climbed all the Ooh. way to the English first division. Wow, that's and impressive. My real question for you is, mm-hmm. is Sir Elton John the greatest celebrity owner of a football team of all time? The greatest celebrity owner of a football team of all time? Oh, David Beckham? Possibly. I mean, he's not. Sorry, what do you mean by greatest? I mean... Greatest as an owner. No, I mean, but like, what does that mean, greatest? Like, what does it... Because, I mean, I David know. Beckham owns I would say, Miami, I think. I would um, say without, you know, like, without Elton John, you could argue that Watford never, oh, you know, they don't get put on the are the club we see them um, as today. Yeah, yeah, I, I, okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I, I'll go with that. I can't think of anyone better, so... Same. I go. couldn't come up with anyone better. Um, and my final question for you is that 538 gives Watford a 39% chance of relegation, which okay. is fourth best in the Premier League fourth above okay. Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley. Yeah. What are your odds after watching five matches of Watford that Watford will be relegated? And do you have the same confidence that 538 has that Watford have the potential to stay up. So I think I recall saying in our season predictions podcast that I think Watford of all the promoted teams have the most Premier League-esque team. So they have the money, they have the players that went down with them and came back up, a la Ishmael Saar, etc. Um, and their owners know how to be in the Premier League. So I am not necessarily surprised that what's it called 538 has those odds i i'm such a coward with predictions i still believe that watford have a better chance of staying up than norwich and brentford despite brentford's great start 
and despite the fact that Norwich should improve. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised for Watford to stay up, especially no offense with Newcastle and Burnley not looking good. So there you go. That's my two cents. Fair enough. I think Watford have certainly made the conversation much more difficult. I thought they were going to be, you know, yeah. odds on, hammer on, head of nail, relegated. It's like I said, they just have a good team. They like they have a good team, straight up. Very likable. Yeah. I like their squad. Even though they've got some players like Cathcart who are just... Terrible, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I was bad. really impressed by Danny Rose. Like his, some of the stuff he was pulling out was insane. I loved it. I detest Danny Rose. Okay, I he was yeah. such a dickhead. Oh, he sucked Newcastle. at Newcastle, right? Yeah, yeah, he just did not give a shit. Uh, did you know on the books at Watford is Newcastle legend Rob Elliott? Oh, the goalie? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know he was there. Oh, wow. He's a yeah, he's like long time server. Goalie, right? Fourth goalie. Yeah, 10 years at Newcastle. Dang. That was a long uh, time. Oh, I saw that, Um, I guess we have to go, but Carl Darlow was in. Has Freddie Woodman been dropped? To... Okay, yeah. You want to... The last can of worms we'll talk about on this okay. podcast. Yeah. Uh, Carl Darlow spent two weeks in the hospital recovering from COVID. COVID. Uh, Yeah. He uh, was down very bad. Uh, Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Martin Dubrovka has a ligament injury in his knee. Uh, Keith Keith Gillespie, I think his first name's Keith. Mm -hmm. Um, He's fine. He's a good third goalkeeper, but you don't want him starting in the Premier League. Freddie Woodman got tossed to the Wolves, um, played fine. The issue was he just had one of the worst back lines in front of him. The Carl Darlow returns to training, gets thrown in versus Leeds. Freddie Woodman gets sent down to the reserves, uh, oh, no. not even to the bench. Uh, oh, and, you know... Uh, Carl Darlow is supposed to, you know, pull out some miracle to get us a win versus uh, Leeds. It just, it's so typical of Newcastle for, you know, a a player who's been out with injury for so long, just toss him straight in. Um, Yeah. Just, he actually, he had a wonder save on a uh, potential own goal. Uh, by Jamal Lascelles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the goal he conceded wasn't his fault, but I, I think it's you know incredibly irresponsible to play a player who hasn't even played football in, like, four months after mm-hmm. a week of training to throw him back in. Um, mm-hmm. I think, with all that said, I think it was a phenomenal... Uh, like, everything included, it was a great appearance by Carl Darlow. Um, nice. And yeah. talking about great-looking players, Cardarlo, beautiful oh, yeah, man. For sure, he is very beautiful. With that yes. being said, this has been 
episode five of the peak too early podcast mm-hmm. yeah it was great i love you know yeah return to normalcy for this podcast yeah. um yeah. it's been turbulent but we're back been good yeah better than ever uh better than ever with that being said, follow us, Peak to the Number Two Early Pod. Follow Oscar at O H S C U H. Follow me at B M U N S H. Email us, leave a review, take care of yourself, watch some football, don't watch Newcastle. Do not. Uh, nope. And take care, all. I'm standing.